Hi, this is Susan, and this is When Autumn Comes. This is a podcast for moms and the people who love them, who are facing seasons that are just not typical for other families. I know this intro is different. I know you're a little confused, but it's summer vacation. So instead of talking about autumn, we're talking about summer, because like our normal intro says, everything does come in seasons. And this season, (laughs) I'm on vacation. But just because it's summer and I have booked my calendar to the fullest that I can possibly book it, doesn't mean y'all aren't getting new When Autumn Comes episodes. Maybe we should call it When Summer Comes episodes. I don't really know. But I have a short, sweet summertime series for you to get you through until we're back in autumn. So whether you are on vacation, pondering vacation, or in dire need of vacation, Grab your headphones, a beverage of choice. Let's pretend we are together. Cheers, y'all. Welcome back to, um, I was going to say when autumn comes because that's the name of the podcast. However, maybe we should be like, it's summer (laughs) because this isn't normal content. So when summer arrives, here we go. Today we have Amy. Amy's going to be with us for the next six-ish weeks, I believe. Every Wednesday, she is here to give us some tips and Honestly, if I'm being completely truthful, we're recording this in the middle of June, and she's doing this so that I can have the summer off. So thank you for being here, Amy. (laughs) I am thrilled that we were able to connect and, like I said, and do these short little episodes that I think will add some summer fun, some summer hope, Mm -hmm. and obviously value to the audience. And as we go through the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about respite, traveling with equipment. We're going to talk about sensory tips. We're going to talk about the last one is Disney. We're going to do Disney last so that we don't get overwhelmed from the very beginning. But (laughs) I was thinking too, like by the time we do the Disney one, everybody will have pretty much done their summer travel. Mm -hmm. I prefer Disney in the fall anyway. I was just going to say that. I was like, nobody wants to go to Disney in the summer. No, no. Anyway, and if you think you do, you're wrong. And if you think you do with special needs disabled children, you're wrong. wrong. (laughs) Okay. So today, before we dive in, can you tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself and your daughter and your story? Not the whole story, just like a three minutes. (laughs) Exactly. Nobody has time for that. I am Amy Flores Young, known as Floyo. So um, my company is floyotravel.com. It's a nickname that stuck. And like I said, now people are calling me it all the time. So it's, it's, it's it is super what it is. Fun. Yeah, I mean, we're, I'm in marketing, and to hear somebody say your name is Floyo, and yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Floyo, FloyoTravel.com. We own it now. So I am a medical mom um, in a few different ways. My kids are now 23 and 20. So a lot of been there, done that, that I'm really looking forward to sharing with your audience. My older child, my daughter, has severe cerebral palsy, you know, all the things, nonverbal, non-ambulatory, full care, G-tube, blah, blah, blah. Her outlier um, in that group is that she does not have a cognitive disability. So she's too physically involved for the things that she technically can participate in, and she's too medically involved for the things technically that she's eligible for on like the employment front and some of those other kind of adult transition services. So I am her primary caregiver 
you know, full-time caregiver here at home. My son had a congenital heart defect, um, had three surgeries before he was three months old, you know, that type of, and because of that still has some residual allergies. He's very small for 20 years old, Um, you know, dental issues, uh, medical issues, just other things because of all the medications he was on through the cardiac care process. So I did nonprofit work for 20 plus years before starting my travel business. Um, And travel is what kept our family together wholeheartedly believe that we would not be where we are today. We would not have the relationships we have today. My husband and I would not have the relationship we have today had it not been for those travel experiences and getting out of our day-to-day routine. Even though it seems overwhelming at the thought of it, it was truly, again, it wasn't discretionary income. It was, we both work nonprofit. We don't know what real money is. We joke about like, <laughs> we, both, we both work nonprofit forever. It truly was a priority in how we planned for that and made it a priority, created everything we have as a family. So, and so um, I do it. we'll dive back into that in a second. So you then took your years of planning for your own family yeah. and now you're helping other people plan trips. Correct. Yeah. A a large chunk of my nonprofit work was in the disability space and working with families and again, kept getting drawn to the travel experience that I had had because I would just hear the heartbreaking stories of people who wouldn't travel, never thought of travel, or finally took the plunge in the investment. Like we all know it's investment in time and money and all the things and had less than stellar experiences. Mm -hmm. And that was just heartbreaking because it didn't have to be that way. It's, it's a huge mindset thing. It's a huge knowing what the expectations are. And again, you don't know what you don't know. So Mm -hmm. um, it just kept breaking my heart of, Oh, I wish you would talk to me. Oh, I could. Oh, I wish you would known. Or so that's again, what little by little, it just led into its own own business. And yes, I specialize obviously in travel for people with health needs and ongoing disabilities. I think it's amazing. I mean, I had no experience with the disabled community before Lorelai. Like nobody, nobody in my family has been affected by anything. We were very lucky in that sense. But when I left the NICU with a lot of medical equipment and a feeding pump and a baby, I mean, first of all, she was my first kid. I feel like in general, vacationing with a child, healthy or not, is totally different than vacationing as a 30-something who can just drink margaritas all day. So there's that component. Right. But when when I walked out of the NICU, I was like, okay, what do I do with all of this stuff? Like what how do we how do we go anywhere? What do we do? Like yeah. and one of my friends who also left the NICU with me, um, I think she was her son was discharged like a month later. She took her son to the beach. We live near Virginia Beach. She took her son to the beach. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how did you do that? And she said, I'm not gonna let this disease or this equipment win. And I was like, huh. Like, okay, that's the mindset we need. Yeah. And so after that. You know, it was just like, we can do this. Yeah. I also don't think I'm going to take, I mean, beaches and little kids with holes and stuff. It's gross, but like. (laughs) Not every, (laughs) like you said about the Disney thing, we'll we'll talk about that in a few weeks, but not everything is for everybody in understanding Mm -hmm. what you will and won't 
you know, just because your neighbor goes to the beach, same thing. We are not, we grew <laughs> I live in Massachusetts, same thing on the coast. I am right between Cape Cod and New Hampshire lakes. It's everywhere. We don't go to the beach. It's not our thing. So again, instead of feeling the grief or loss of that, because everybody, you know, all my friends are at the beach and blah, blah, blah. And it's mm-hmm. just right, like, yeah. Can she get to the beach? Can we do it? Yep. Ugh. But I mean, <laughs> but after like an hour and a half, she's done. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we're not doing the beach. So we go to the pool. Mm-hmm. Where it's easy, you know, less equipment, less sand, less gross. Yeah. So it's finding <laughs> out how to make those experiences work for you and your family. And that goes to the, like you said, that mindset of we're not going to let the equipment win, which is one way to think of it. But I always think of it as the same thing. It's just quality of life. And what does she and we, what do we want? So it's not like, well, damn it, we're doing it because we're not like, to, and that's just how we look at right. it. Like I said, right. it's not, we're going to the beach because flipping everybody does the beach. It's Fourth of July weekend. We're doing the beach. It's like, no, that's let. And before I moved into the disability space, I was a national trainer and did all the things for outward bound type adventure experiences. So I live mm-hmm. literally lived on the ground in the woods for weeks mm-hmm. at a time and mm-hmm. hiked and climbed and kayaked it. So again, talk about a shift in what I, isn't it ironic how the, I mean, I was a food blogger and my kid couldn't eat food. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, like it's just, it, it's funny how life plays out and we're like, ha we thought we were going to like be camping and yeah. And I thought we were going to live so, you know, rural, not off the grid, but kind of, you know, tiny house, rural, <laughs> very minimalist. And now we need like fully accessible and next to the highway and all of that. Now we things. need a tiny house to take with us to go on vacation. <laughs> right. Right. So I just look at that, like you say, that respite mindset of we understand it takes extraordinary effort to have an ordinary day. And again, people who are listening to this probably fully embrace that statement and understand it. So how do we then think outside of ordinary if our ordinary is already chock full? How I looked at it again was I had to accept and do my own work (laughs) on accepting and understanding that in order to best serve my family and best serve my daughter was having to let go of certain things. And I, you know, did we do that when she was- Expectations or like activities that you wanted to do? In all ways. So let me, me, so yeah. And of course, did we do that you know, the week after she got her G2 place. Like, no, of course, like, of course not. But as she grew into, you know, toddler and school age and those things, and we learned her strengths, her weaknesses, where, you know, kind of as she kind of hit those baselines and we kind of knew what we were dealing with. Being able to have different people step in and take care of her. Having things done differently in different places. Like, so, and I just know working with hundreds of families over the years, that's a big pill to swallow for the, especially for the moms. Of, especially I can't, for the moms who have color coded spreadsheets and yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't go away. I can't, no one can do this. No one understands. And you're right. No one will do it like you will do it. Now take a breath. 
And that's okay. And that's okay. And again, that took me a long, you know, that took me a long time. And that's the one of the things I wish I had done sooner. And even within that, Sarah was participating in the overnights at school, the, you know, quote unquote, specialty camps, the day trips, the things where I would get to step away. We started doing those family camps. And again, those are all things you can contact me on. I can let you know what's where in the country and all those things. But we started, I was able to travel with her in that kind of campy experience. Mm -hmm. We met other, and as you know, it's so hard to find communities with similar needs. Of course, there's the huge special needs community. But like I said, Sarah was an outlier of being severely physically disabled, Mm -hmm. but very quote unquote typical in her interest, like now she's 23, she's on dating app, she's doing the things, you know, it's like a, whew, it's a, it's a whole other thing. Um, We're going to have to do a whole episode on what it's like to be a special needs mom. It's an adult transition. Yeah. Dating. Like, let's talk about that one day, please. <laughs> yeah. So finding those places where you can give a little bit of independence mm-hmm. in those ways. And yes, you're there and yes, you're doing the things, but being able to, when someone says, oh, let me help. And you're like, no, 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 I got it. Cause you know, yes, it's easier for you to just get it. Sometimes it's just easier to do it than explain it to someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. But in the long term, you're not doing yourself or your child any favors. And I, we share, I shared this example when we chatted before, but quick example of a friend of ours who's. 30 years old, her mom recently passed. So we've had her, you know, we're taking her for some respite time and some things, but her mom recently passed. Her mom was her only caregiver and at 30 years old and yet she's very with it and cognitive. So she gets that it's going to be different, but it's still really hard for her. So every time we do something different, it's a whole other grief bubble because mom didn't do it that way. It's my first time without doing X, Y, Z, without mom, without mom, without mom. Yes. Would Sarah be devastated if I was no longer her primary caregiver? Absolutely. But the flip side is she's also next week going away for two weeks without us at 23 years old. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yes. Does she prefer like just happened the other night? She's like, oh, can I just wait till you can shower me? And I'm like, we are paying people to be here. I don't want to shower you anymore. <laughs> will you please let her do your shower so yes she still prefers when I do things but she's also fine if I'm not the one doing it but again she knows it's better when mom does it we all know it's better you know 50 years old it's still we all know it's better when mom makes it right but Mm -hmm. you have to start looking at your day in those ways of yes it's faster and quicker and you know if I just do it Just like packing the dishwasher and doing the dishes. Think of it as those types of things. These are just your chores. Yes, when I was teaching my son to do the dishwasher, it was just easier if I did it. (laughs) Right? But it always gets a little bit harder before it gets easier. And knowing, again, just knowing that as the expectation is helpful in letting go. Yep, exactly. And so with this, this is going to be the first episode of the summer. So vacations are wonderful for families, but they are also needed or breaks are needed for the moms, the permanent caregivers, the, you know, and so any tips, even 
hypothetically, there's a mom on this interview who's going away for five days by herself to Florida to Key West. Any tips for moms? Like maybe we can't, not everybody can get away from their children. Like I am able to this summer for a few days, but what, what should moms have as we enter summer vacation? Any, not necessarily staycation tips, but like mom respite tips that we could give. Yeah. And I think that's, that's it is slow down enough to see where you can ask for help. Like I said, in, in some of that training, yes, it gets harder before it gets worse before it gets better. Um, mm-hmm. But by doing those things now, it leads you to be able to make more space later. And whether that afternoon or three days away. Yeah. I will say I was not good at all at asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, we aren't. Nobody is. Then, no. <laughs> but when Lorelai passed, I realized I couldn't do it like emotionally, physically, everything. And as somebody who now is doing this journey all over again with my second child, it is a little bit, for lack of air quotes here, um, easier to ask for help now that I have been pushed to the bottom of the barrel and like needing help. Yes. So I think you are 100% right in saying the, the more we like, even if it's like, Hey, could you pick the mail out of the mailbox for me? Like, you know, start asking small things so mm-hmm. that when it gets to the bigger things, like, Hey, can I go to the pool with a friend for two hours? <laughs> it's a little bit easier to get away. Right. And that's where you've got to, you've got to start. I'm not saying your first time that you leave is for a week to Europe. Right. Like, Wait, you're, you're not saying I should be going to Key West this summer. <laughs> like I, uh, well, no, but I think, but again, you, no, you have practiced and you have learned that it's going to get done, whether it's done. Yeah. Like I said, when I go away and now I'm in a travel-based business and I travel a lot more mm-hmm. than I used to without the family, we used to take, right. we take them everywhere. And now it's like, no, they don't need to come. Um, yep. and yes, like I said, do, am I gonna need to clean out the fridge when I get home and wash the sheets that they didn't wash with the right stuff. Can they still smell like pee and you know, all of yep. those things? Yep. But you're right. It's, it's looking at it and just like everything else, it's looking at it with the upsides and not the downsides. And that's a yep. learned in our, it is absolutely a learned twilight zone of existence. Like you said, you don't know this whole disability space exists until you're in it. You don't think of all of these things until you're in it. That's how we have to work on. I don't want to say like, oh, the bright side and the silver linings and because that's that just, right? But you have to look at your long-term sustainability and if you're going to be able to do this. And again, start small, build up. Like I could, I, I've been doing it for 20 years and, and I feel good. We are now, we are in a good place and it is, it's like that. It's the fishing line of letting it out and then bringing it in a little bit, letting it out, bringing it in a little bit, like let them have that little independence. You've got to let them fall just like our typical kids, quote, whatever, you know. Well, and the other people who are helping take care of our children, we have to let them have their missteps. Yes. When we're here. So that when we're not here, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. So I just want to wrap up today with a quick, for a new ish mom to this world. If you are looking at the summer going, I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. I can't manage this. I just want to go. I mean, even something as simple as go to a park. 
Like I was there. I'm sure Amy was there at the beginning of her journey. And just because your kid has a disability doesn't mean that life is over. It's just going to be different and different can be beautiful also. So on that, we're going to see you next week where we are going to talk about mobility tips. So traveling with physical disabilities, I'm guessing, is what we're going to dive into? Yep. Okay. I hope wherever this episode finds you this summer, that you are clinging to hope and creating joy and memories. I know that every season for us, yeah, the seasons change, but our routine often doesn't. This season may be hard for you. You may find yourself dreading the hurricanes or facing unbearable heat. But just like we say that autumn has its golden leaves and beautiful sunsets, summer also has fireflies and family cookouts or sunrises and glasses of lemonade. You can learn more about Amy and her travel agency, Floyo Travel, at floyotravel.com. And you can actually, if you're looking for something fun to do, join us in the When Autumn Comes Society. We have a summer book club going on, and we also have a bunch of fun conversations happening here and there. I don't know what we're talking about today, but hey, join us. Lastly, I just want to add that I do have a new Patreon account. And if you are interested in helping this podcast continue, I'm an independently produced and created podcast. So if you like what I'm dishing out and want to help support the cause and help this podcast grow, I got lots of options for you. And I would love, love, love your support. I hope you guys are having a great summer and we'll see you next week.